this is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. We tape Discover Lafayette with the support of Raider, a managed IT service provider that offers hands-on technology support and forward-thinking solutions. With managed IT integration, including cybersecurity, communications, and technology support, you have just one vendor and one number to call, allowing you to concentrate on what's most important, your business. For more information, visit RaiderSolutions.com. Support for this podcast also comes from HomeBank, providing mobile app and account notification technology to help customers detect fraudulent activity, because security is knowing. Find more tips to bank securely at home24bank.com. HomeBank, member FDIC. We're proud to welcome our newest sponsor, Lafayette Surgical Specialty Hospital. Physician-owned, Lafayette Surgical Specialty Hospital offers expertly trained doctors and staff that are actively involved in all aspects of patient care. Their reputation for excellence in patient comfort, safety, and overall treatment is reflected in an average patient satisfaction rating of 98% or higher. For more information, visit lafayettesurgical.com. Danielle Watkins, co-director of the Dreams Foundation of Acadiana, joins us today. Danielle and her husband, Brian, founded Dreams so that their son, Logan, who was born with spina bifida, could participate in activities and sports along with other kids with special needs. The acronym DREAMS stands for Disability, Resources, Education, Activities, Management, and Services. DREAMS is a 501c3 nonprofit serving about 700 kids in Lafayette, Vermilion, Iberia, and St. Martin Parishes. Participants enjoy activities such as basketball, softball, soccer, bowling, gardening, art and theater, and fitness classes. There's also a camp that Danielle will tell us about. Danielle and I met back when Logan, her son, was a small boy and our family members played soccer together. She was a full-time accountant back then, as she still is today. And Danielle, your passion has always touched my heart because you've followed your dream of creating opportunities for Logan and others who want to live life to the fullest. I've seen dreams work nonstop to help these individuals fully participate in what life has to offer. It's a pleasure to welcome you to Discover Lafayette. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, and you didn't even know about this podcast, so I'm hoping I get an, a new listener. You'll have to check out our other um, podcast. Our common connection these days is Damon Vincent. I had yes. Damon on recent, very well. He's on this week, actually. We're here in August. Uh, that started Unique Health and Fitness, soon to be Train Unique. But he mentioned you and your partnership. And I thought, man, I met you all those years ago when Logan was just a tiny little boy. Yep, that's right. Uh, yeah. Damon was uh, one of those what we call ripple effects of dreams that, yeah. we, that uh, we pulled him in and he changed his life and uh, it, it's all God's plan. Helping people with unique circumstances. So, you know, I kind of gave the introduction, but um, I know you've got a fuller story to share Logan was born with spina bifida, but that didn't hold him back from wanting to do things. So what what was the impetus to start Dreams? What happened? So uh, with having a child with special needs, you you tend to accept things. You accept 
He may not walk. You accept that he may not do things as other people do. And you accept this and you accept that. He won't play football. So as you're accepting, you're moving along and it's a new way of life. Well, who doesn't accept? Little Logan. Mm -hmm. So we're sitting at a baseball game one day that Monique is playing, his sister. And basically he says, looks over to us and says, when am I going to play? And it stopped us in our tracks. And we were like... We don't know, bud. We're going to have to look into that. Well, at that time, there was nothing in Lafayette. The Internet was rather a new uh, thing mm-hmm. to look into. But we went through and we uh, found something that they had up north and realized with a few phone calls that we were able to bring here. So a few months after we made that initial phone call, we had uh, played at Lafayette Little League. It was like the World Series. We had 50 kids out there, mm-hmm. you know, hitting the ball, running on the bases, and... Uh, spoiler alert, at that time, Logan really didn't want to play baseball. He wanted to see the girls to see him run around the bases so <laughs> or roll around the bases. He's but always liked the women. He I does. remember that, even when he was little. To this day, it has not yeah. changed. <laughs> uh, so uh, he really didn't want to, set, quote, play baseball. He wanted, first of all, he wanted to be like every other kid. Right. But he realized that everybody was watching him when he was going around. So we get in the car right after the first game, and I'm not kidding you, he says, when does basketball start? Oh, my gosh. You were probably worn out from this So uh, I just I said, are you serious? <laughs> and he says, well, why not? And truly, why not? Mm-hmm. Every other kid gets to do all those things, so why shouldn't he? Rather it be art or theater or any of those things. And he wasn't the only one. They all wanted to do different things. So what Dreams began, which was just supposed to be a simple baseball game and, you know, we, we move on, mm-hmm. was not. It, Dreams wasn't even going to be. It was just as, as parents trying to provide. But as we offered more and more activities, we realized there had to be a housing called the Dreams Foundation to help provide these things. Helping provide was simply putting it out in the community and saying, will you offer? Mm-hmm. It wasn't me running everything. It was having the people in the community come in and join. Before I knew it, I had calls. Hey, I'm an artist. I'd like to start an art class. Hey, I do gardening. I'd like to start an learning class. And that's really how everything started. It was using the community uh-huh. and not using them. They wanted to be involved to provide to 15, 20 kids. And you tell me... Um you never really envisioned starting this 501c3, as you're saying now, but to have a sustained effort, you can't just do this on your cell phone and out of your back pocket. I mean, this it's it's a major foundation that offers a lot to the community. Right. It's uh, It boggles the mind how fast it grew. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and it wasn't just me and Brian that had to work. We have parents and teachers and anybody that we can find who wants to donate their time to help helping. And then some of them have even started a business like Damon. He was start, able to start a business that supplies for his family. Right. You know, it's kind of crazy that that has all come about from a simple baseball game. Right. Well, I was reading online about um, how many people not only you help, but how many potential people could be helped just in Lafayette Parish. And it it might have been on your website, but a 2010 census showed that 12,000 individuals could use this type of service. And I mean, you're helping tons of people, but nowhere near what what could be done. Right. It, we don't spend a lot on advertising. So there is 
probably somebody in Lafayette proper 10 miles from here that has no idea that we exist. Mm -hmm. So that's why I try to get out there as much as possible and say, hey, come see us. Because not only are we going to help that person who's disabled in the family, the mom may find another mom that she can actually have a friend that understands totally where she's coming from, or a brother or a sister or a dad. Mm -hmm. Somebody else in that family will be affected by it, and their their, their lives will be enhanced. And this is programming that goes around um, around the year, like y'all have stuff all the time going on? Yeah. It, I mean, we just ended with camp and, and a big fundraiser, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. we got a break. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Theater starts next week. <laughs> then we have uh, soccer starting in a month, and then we have so- fall mm-hmm. softball starting at the same time. So there is always something going on, although we do get small breaks, so they don't they are not very much. Right. Well, we're talking about um, people with special needs. Can you tell us, you know, the types of conditions maybe that some of your um, your patrons have? We, we mentioned Logan's, Logan's spina bifida. What other right. types of special needs do you work with? So it's interesting. I know some of them, but I don't know all of them, and it doesn't matter what they are. Mm-hmm. I want to know what their abilities are. But we have, you know, we have Downs kids. We have autistic kids. Um, we have kids that have cerebral palsy, and I say it's uh, kids with autism, kids with Downs, you know. But there are several different disabilities that aren't even, I don't even think the parents know what they are other than they're slower than the norm. So we want everybody and anybody to come mm-hmm. that feels they fit in with us, that don't fit in anywhere else. What ages do you work with? Well, we work with any age for the sports and the activities, you know, five and up. We have five-year-olds, and then we have some 60-year-olds that come that have dis- disabilities. You know, we find the common uh, mental age is about 12, 13, but I find that when we have the little ones around, the older ones love to be the mentors to the little ones. So yeah. it all ends up working out, even though there's so many different ages. You know, I'm curious, and I'm, I'm not quite sure how to ask it, but... Some people, their brain works, you know, it's normal um, functioning, but they have physical disabilities. With the different types of um, people you work with, do they, do they get along or is it just like any other group where you've got yeah. conflict and stuff? You know, is that question, does it make sense to yeah. you? Yeah, um, they, they seem to all get along. So for like Logan, Logan pretty much is, is with it as far as mentally. He looks at himself as a mentor to the younger and even the older kids that have have less functionality than him. But at the same time, he can't drive. So there's a a friend of his who has autism who drives him around. So he's kind of like, he's the talker. So if they go somewhere, he does all the talking. Spencer's the driver when they drive. So Mm -hmm. they both have their part. And it's so interesting to watch them, you know, in a restaurant because they're by themselves and, and, um, I've had comments about how wonderful it is to watch them help each other. Yeah, that's so sweet. Um, and we all need friends. I mean, they're probably lifelong friends once right. they participate in, in dreams. Right. They're friends, and then Spencer's actually his worker. Mm-hmm. So he's getting paid to help Logan, and they're just hanging out, going to eat lunch and going to therapy or whatever. You know, right. So it's a great thing to watch. And uh, I just had to allow him to drive Logan around. So I asked Logan, how's he drive? He said, better than you. <laughs> So there's that. <laughs> so your husband, Brian, um, is also co-director. And I always think of you, I guess, because you're more the face, you know, the, the one that I've seen. But I didn't realize Brian was a special education teacher at St. Thomas More for the options program. So you guys live this 
24-7. Yeah, well, what happened was is Brian actually graduated in advertising, uh, became a salesman, and was a salesman for probably 15 years, and he was miserable. He hated it because he, he didn't get to hang around with us as much as he would like. Um, so he went. He told me he wanted to go back to school. He told me he wanted to be a teacher. I said, oh, really? I mean, he had never mentioned this, and mm-hmm. he told me that he never mentioned it because he didn't believe there was any money in teaching, so he kind of abandoned it. So I'm thinking he's going to tell me he wants to teach history. No, he wants to teach special ed. And the reason was is because we had started a Boy Scout troop for Logan and some of his friends because he couldn't do the regular Boy yeah. Scouts. And he thought it was so interesting how he had to find different ways for them to fulfill their badges. So when he told me that, I was like, I get that, because he's very much of a problem solver. Mm-hmm. So that's why he went back to school for special ed. But he also went further than that, which we haven't put on there, and went back and got his master's. And now he is actually over the Moore program at STM, helping kids with dyslexia and all that. So he has now 150 kids that he services. Oh, my goodness. And he helps the options kids when he can. So it was a better fit with his with his. Yeah master's degree right I don't know how you both do it working full-time you know we were talking before we started taping you're a very busy accountant right it's it's my passion it it keeps me going um God's put this passion in me and I believe that he has put me here to fulfill his mm-hmm. what he wants done in this community with our individuals and I, I believe that there's so much more to come I know you do I want to hear more about some new initiatives going on and you can give us more information about how to get in contact with dreams first during every interview we pause and reflect back on past interviews um, which people can find at discoverlafayette.net and this clip is from michael dumit he's an old friend and really the epitome of a southern gentleman and purveyor of hospitality a lot of people know michael for his years as the proprietor of michael's ballroom and a la carte in the oil center and he was also a co-founder of the mystic crew of apollo here in lafayette so please visit discoverlafayette.net to hear more about Michael. Let's take a listen to this short clip. I was catering in New Iberia a lot, and some people heard about me, and I, I started catering here in Lafayette. And in the meantime, it was getting to the point where New Iberia was very basic. Mm-hmm. Lafayette was letting me do what I really knew what to do. And it was booming. And booming. Yeah. When was that? That was in the 70s. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was really booming. And so I just made this. Uh, I, I had a friend, and we became partners in uh, the catering business with Michael, a catering experience. I took it from New Iberia to Lafayette, and it exploded in four months. Really? It was just that fast, plus the fact that I was able to get the contract for the Hyman Center, which was then just the Lafayette Municipal Auditorium. I had a little edge there. My godmother was Gloria Knox, and she was on the board. Friend Bustani, a family mm-hmm. friend, oh, I was chairman of the board, so they needed a caterer. I opened up, and they said, Michael, do it, and I had no idea what all that um, was. That's a big undertaking uh-huh. as a young man. Right, but I did it. I did it because I was I just knew what to do. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it like was not going to be a challenge where I would be scared. It was going to be a challenge that I was going to succeed. Yeah, and then you'd have to deal with that mm-hmm. growth. So, so wow, that that's I didn't realize that, right. Michael. And as soon as I got into Lafayette, 
uh, it was like Mardi Gras started coming to me. I had the experience of Mardi Gras in New Iberia. We had two crews, and of course, I was a member of both, and mm-hmm. I catered for both of them as a caterer in New Iberia. But I knew how to expand in Lafayette, mm-hmm. and the Hyman Center, a contract made me and let me do that. And the event that really changed and started my business was the King's Lunch. Welcome back to Discover Lafayette. We're here with Danielle Watkins, co-director of the Dreams Foundation. Danielle, I know that you just started um, a new initiative, the Dreams Manufacturing Company, and you make meat pies. Well, you, you don't make them yourself, but I want you to talk about it, but it's, it's provided jobs for people, uh, which is part of your mission. So if you can talk about how did this come about? So as we had the foundation around 10 years, uh, we started talking about how they, the kids were growing up and they wanted jobs. And there are foreign fee between jobs in Lafayette for our individuals. So I had a board meeting and one of our board members came up to me after and said, I think I have something for you. And I said, really? He said, yeah, I want you to start making meat pies. And I thought he was absolutely <laughs> insane. In your spare time. And uh, he said, no, I'm serious. There's a place up in Natchitoches, near Natchitoches. It's not the Natchitoches company, but it's a a recipe very close to, and he wants to retire. So let's go up there. So we did. I brought a bunch of moms up there. We went up there, and we had a blast making the meat pies. The only thing the kids couldn't do was cook the meat. So we had to find somebody to cook the meat. But other than that, it was a viable thing we could do. So it took almost eight months for us to find a place to do it. Then we had to go through USDA inspection. That is the hardest, huh? Oh, it was meeting it the was, government protocols. Was, that was the most insane part of the process. Until till this day, yesterday I had a phone call with them because we're having to make changes because now mm-hmm. we have the food truck. And you don't want to be out of compliance or you get in big trouble. Yeah, so. we can't. The, the good thing is, is because of what we're doing, they actually features us in their magazine on the cover because it was such a unique thing that we did mm-hmm. where we took an existing business and we brought individual special needs in to make the meat pies while we kind of stood back and, and let them do the work. Well, I love the um, the truck. I know you have a new um, food truck, and on it you've got it wrapped, Dreams Express with an X, Express. Um, you dream it, we stuff it. I mean, so you serve, what, 10 Ten, Ten different kinds of stuffed pies. Yep. Our chef made, came up with them, who happens to be my brother. He's one of them that um, we were able to give some purpose to in his life. He had yeah. gotten hurt. He was very depressed, and he asked if he could come in and start making meat pies. And then the, the food truck is only three months old, and he said um, we were going to do plate lunches. I said, can you stuff it in a pie? Because mm-hmm. I always wanted that logo, you dream it, we stuff it. And he said, absolutely. And he said, anything's good in bread. Well, Which is true. <laughs> that's true, but it looks like you've got things like boudin cheese, chicken alfredo, spicy Mediterranean beef, uh, hamburger steak. There's something for everybody, even little kids, pepperoni and cheese. So yep. where, where does the truck go? When are goes, you in operation? Yeah, It goes wherever we, we're needed. We would we'd love to go to businesses and kind of feed their people. So where we'll go and, you know, somebody who has over 50 employees, we can go a day and, and they can feed their whole employee base. We can also go uh, for benefits or anything like that and sell them individually. But it being pre-contracted to go somewhere is kind of what we want to do because we know exactly how yeah. many to make. And, we're, and we yeah. don't have to worry about if we don't sell them and stuff. But we mm-hmm. will go to 
Festival International and those type of things as we get older. We're only three months old. That's something that God put literally in my lap, and I, I just felt like I had to go with it. <laughs> Would you share that story about how you got the funding for the truck? Yeah, so I applied October 21 during COVID to, to, for a grant. There were some grants going out for uh, Louisiana companies. Started, people started getting the money in. I figured I didn't get it. So, what department? Like what? Uh, Louisiana um, Department of Revenue was okay. actually giving it out. Okay. And uh, February of 22, I get a phone call from the Department of Revenue. I'm assuming they're calling to ask me questions of CPA, you know. <laughs> uh, something bad. It's never so, good to hear yeah. from them. The question was, where do you send the check? And I said, check. And he said, uh, yeah, we have a $25,000 check for you. So that means I had got the grant. I immediately thought, oh, no, now I have to buy a food truck. 25000 is not going to get me there. That immediate night, I went to dinner with for a friend who was having a birthday, the girl that I'd helped to get a food truck in Texas. Wanted to talk to her. She said, well, I said, I need to talk to you about the food truck. She said, well, why? I said, well, I want one. She said, I'm selling mine. And because we're such good friends and I've helped her out getting the food truck, she actually sold it to me for what she owed on it, uh-huh. which was underneath the grant that I got. Then we... Went get it in March from her after she finished her last sale. We stripped off her wrap. And then the very next week, I got a donation of $5,000 from a client to put on the new wrap. And 10 days later, actually about five days later, we did our grand opening with the food truck. Wow. With the 10 different varieties that uh, we came up with. And it wasn't, I say we very lightly. My chef came up with, who's my brother. <laughs> uh, I gave him the some of the ideas, but he, he figured out mm-hmm. the recipes. It seems that... Dreams is an appropriate name for this group, but you've had this vision since I met you, and you're just as um, gung-ho and sincere and dedicated as you were the first time you told me about this. It's, it's really touching how God has worked, because these things don't just happen, you know, by chance. But to hear that you were doing this, I was really shocked because I knew you were still working and your husband. And for most of us to get through our day and our week is a lot. But for those of us that may not have a child with special needs, it, it, it's kind of hard to understand how you, you've been able to keep going. Yeah. If, if you don't mind talking about that, what it's like having a child that um, is, is, is just as special as any, anyone but that needs more direct attention and physical help. Right. Yeah, it, it is different than the fact that, you know, I, um, some of my friends start talking about empty nesters. You know, I probably never will be an empty nester unless we get our community built, which we can talk about that yeah, also. Yeah, I want to talk about that too. Before but, um, you know, so he, he's, he wants to be independent. He wants to be on his own. So everything that we do is pushing that a little bit further. He works at the factory. Although he likes that job, he wants a cafe. So there will be a Dreams Cafe where he's the maitre d', you know. Oh, so yeah. that that is what pushes us to do it. But but also, when I have things drop in my lap like this, God's saying, okay, this is where I want you yeah. to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, I'm going this way. He's saying, uh-uh, you're going this way. And he, I mean, it, it's I'm, I definitely try to walk uh, by faith and not by sight as much as I can, which is hard to do. But I think he keeps me so busy so that I have to. <laughs> and he's got such a delightful personality. I mean, Logan is, is a special young man. Uh, he said he's 24 now. Yeah, he's 24. Yeah. and he um, It's gone by fast for me. Probably not 
Yeah, <laughs> the he's, he's definitely got a lot of uh, ideas, and he's always interested in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just wants to be a typical, like any other person who has a, a full life, right? right? So we're trying to help provide that, and God just keeps leading the way. Mm-hmm. So, Danielle, it seems like since I've known you, you've had this dream of Unity Village community, and that would be a community for people that need assistance but want to live independently like Logan. And that has got to be a multi-gazillion dollar project. I know it's going to take millions and millions to do that, but tell us about that dream of yours. Yeah, so as Logan started getting older, and he started talking about living on his own, and we're just kind of looking at each other like, yeah, sure he will. And But then we realized that why shouldn't he live on his own with assistance? And the bigger thing was is that we realized there were hundreds, might be thousands of kids feeling the same way, mm-hmm. and the parents saying, "What am I going to do?" Because we can't live forever. So if we, if they're not, even if they aren't living on their own, they can't live with us if we're not here. So what are we going to do? So you know, River Ranch came along, and how they have the, you know, all the houses close mm-hmm. together with the, the businesses, and and as we thought about that, we're like, well, let's do that. And further, we'll have a house where there's maybe four kids per house with each their own bathroom where they do have the assistance they need during the day so that they have their, quote, independence, and we have the uh, confidence that they're safe, right? So as this has grown, we have kind of changed it several times, but as of right now, we feel like we're going to probably have five different locations, that there's a bus that'll go in between all the different locations. Because if you live in the north side of town, you want your child in the north. If you live in the west, Mm -hmm. you want them in the west, so you don't have to drive as far, which makes sense. Plus, we don't need as much land at Mm -hmm. one time to build all those locations. Right. So we've kind of changed that. I'd started the process very close at the very beginning of COVID. Went to one of our biggest donors, who I believe will eventually give us the nest egg to start at a million dollars. And he said, February 2020, not now. COVID's coming and the world's getting ready to crash. Mm -hmm. And I thought, why didn't you just tell me no? Well, he looks like a genius now. Right. He sold all his businesses. He moved to Florida and we haven't seen him since. <laughs> oh. I talked to him on the phone, but he doesn't, I mean, he's just starting to get back out. Mm-hmm. But he was right. So right. I don't think he was putting me off. I think that he will eventually uh, mm-hmm. give us this donation to start once the economy comes back. But unfortunately, now maybe head to a recession. So we may have to wait a little longer before that yeah. mistake comes in. But once we get it, we will buy our land and we will put up. The Dream Center, or probably the Rome Center, because mm-hmm. uh, that's his last name, and we will... Say then last name again? Rome. He lives in New Orleans, and uh, and we'll put up a few houses to prove the concept. You know, I'm curious where HUD might come in. I'm sure some of the kids, or individuals, not kids, uh, qualify for certain types of uh, federal and state right. assistance, combined with... Because you're not just trying to have an institution. You want this to be a place that's a joy to be, to live in, you know. Right. So the idea is that you would have, they would still have their Social Security because they're Mm -hmm. living on their own. They're going to get food stamps because they're living on their own. They probably get a cell phone allowance because they're living on their own. Further, they may 
be eligible for HUD assistance because they're living on their own. It opens up so many doors when they're living on their own and not with their parents. Exactly. So they probably will have little or no costs other than their spending money. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that all their money goes in a trust, that they have somebody other than their parents because their parents won't be around to help handle that trust, but they're really just handling right. the funds of buying clothes, buying extra food or whatever. They'll have a lot of mm -hmm. government assistance that'll come in, and, and we're not going to take their Social Security money. They're going to still pay a rent to that house mm -hmm. who will hopefully be owned by an LLC of businesses in town that have donated the house. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the idea of it, that we will have a big community, and it may be called the you know, Exxon House because they've mm -hmm. donated the money for it, and right. they're still involved making sure that the maintenance stays up and everything. Mm -hmm. And we charge enough to cover all that from, from, from the individuals living there. It truly takes, though, a community to make something like this happen. And right. I need that one person to, to really mm -hmm. put that money up for the other ones to follow. Because this model, I've only seen one in California. Of all places, California has one that is very, very well up and running. Mm -hmm. um, I think they could put one in every community in the United States. Oh yeah, easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it would be one of the most loving places that you, everybody would want. Everybody would want to get in because it's it's just all right. People, happy people. Right. I don't know if I ever mentioned to you. I may have, but it's this reminds me of um, years ago, back in 2007. There's a, a special needs community over um, off Carmel Drive. I'm not even mm -hmm. sure. Is it Duloc? Duloc. Yeah, and I went there. I was actually running for office. I went there, and I was walking door to door, and they said no one had ever even been there. But the people there were so beautiful. And at the, the last house in the back of the community was a blind woman. And when I walked up, she was stringing... Um, lights to decorate for Halloween and it was beautiful and she was doing it methodically she could feel the distances and I, I didn't say anything to her except hi I'm Jan you know and tell me about you but all I could think of was she would never see the lights she was doing it for others and the heart was um I mean I remember it like I, I'm there right now yeah it was absolutely beautiful that is beautiful I actually walked through there on accident. I was doing, on um, Good Friday, we were doing a walk from church to church to church, and we started at the Catholic Church. Mm. And we walked through there, and when we turned down that street, I remember everybody quietening down, and all I could hear was the birds singing. And I was like, what is this place? It's peaceful. It's so peaceful. Mm -hmm. And um, when I saw it, it gave me chills because I was like, this, this is what you want. Is what we want yeah. on a bigger scale. But yes, definitely what mm -hmm. we want. Yeah. Where can people go um, to find out more about the Dreams Foundation? So we have a website, which is www.dreamsfoundationaca.org. Uh, we also have Facebook, Twitter, um, all those, all those, Instagram, all those things we, we post on there. And um, also, I mean, you can call me, 337-962-1609. Uh, that's my cell. People can I, call you directly, Danielle. They can call me directly. I answer. I'm on the phone all the time. <laughs> I, I bet you are. I'm thinking though, if businesses or even like a party or whatever, if they have a big event and they want to mm -hmm. uh, schedule the food truck, 
Absolutely. You know, they can they, dream it and you can stuff it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we're up for new new concoctions. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's why it's you dream it, we stuff it. Eventually, we will be the subway of meat pies. Our vision <laughs> is for that. somebody to walk in and say, hey, I want it stuffed with whatever. Mm-hmm. And we simply stuff it and cook it for them. Wow. So all the stuff is made. So our next one is probably going to be a, a, a vegetarian one. And mm-hmm. we're thinking about um, spinach and artichoke. Mm. So we, we yeah. haven't figured out the complete recipe yet, but we're working on, and we actually want to do sweet ones too, but I'm like, guys, we have to, <laughs> we have to stay with what we have and, and get it going. And then we'll start doing some, some sweet pies. Right. Is there anything you wanted to say, you know, that I didn't ask? Uh, so we're always looking for volunteers. Uh, if you want to come for the best week of your life, uh, we are at Acadian Village for a week, two weeks. Sometimes with camp, unique, uh, you get to act like a kid all week, and we have a blast. Last year was a mystery camp, <laughs> and uh, we were the villains, and we got hit with pies. We got hit with water balloons. We got dunked in the tank. So I think we had more fun than the kids did. About. But they had a blast mm-hmm. chasing after us, and mm-hmm. you know they couldn't believe. They were kind of tentative at first throwing a pie in my face, but boy, once they got into it, <laughs> That's so funny. I was pulling it out all over the place. When you so, look at your website, and excuse me, your your um, Facebook, mm-hmm. I was looking at it this morning. There's so many things that y'all do. I really was amazed at all the activities and, and the, the number of adults that were there uh, helping. So I encourage people to reach out to you and volunteer or, like I said, find out more about these meat pies because I'm hoping this is going to help you raise the much-needed funds right. that you need. So right. So yeah. we're always looking for donations too. Monthly donations go go a long way for us. And it's a tax deductible donation. All of it's stock deductible, yes. Right. Ma'am. Well, Danielle Watkins, Dreams Foundation of Acadiana, thank you for coming to my home and putting up with Katie and you know, the yard man outside at our neighbors. Um, it's it's such a pleasure to share your story. And I want to thank our listeners and especially our sponsors. Thank you for making the show possible. We couldn't do this without the support of Raider and in particular, Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape. And of course, Home Bank. Thank you for your support. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, this is Jan Swift. 